everybody all over the world if you are looking to get your voice heard on the midgard musings podcast you have the option to call in leave a voicemail and be featured on the podcast so all you have to do is to whatever country that you're in you need to dial one to reach the united states area code 615-671-9832 is the hotline number just call in leave your voicemail there and i will review it and i would love to feature your message here on a future midgard musings podcast episode really excited to feature this opportunity on this platform so again that number is 615-671-9832 it is a local united states domestic number so if you are outside of the country and you need to reach the u.s dial one uh, for the u.s 615-671-9832 go ahead and call into the podcast leave your message there I am looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so very much for supporting what I do here on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast on Midgard Musings. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and supporting Midgard Musings and Random Heathen Ramblings here on the podcast and all the ways that you do. I did just want to Call to your attention in case you didn't know that one of the many ways that you can support this podcast is by purchasing merchandise. And you can do that by going to MidgardMusingsStore.com. Okay, all the purchases that are made go to directly support the podcast um, and any of the other social media platforms that I distribute content on, which mainly include YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, so you guys and gals out there, please be sure to check out MidgardMusingsStore.com. You can get t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and all other kinds of things in variety of sizes and colors. The styles uh, can cater to all types of folks, men, women, children, even infants. We've got some really cute uh, baby onesies that uh, you know vary in all different kinds of sizes. So make sure to head over to MidgardMusingsStore.com. Check out what you got over there to get for yourself, your kids, your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, your boyfriend, your loved ones, your grandma, your grandpa, anybody in your life that you think would love to rock some awesome Midgard Musings merchandise. Check it out and get you something today. people come on
are you doing? How are you all doing? And I hope you're doing awesome. Hope you're all doing great. Keep vibing here for a minute. Let's get into it. Come on. Dunheim. Shout out Dunheim. Talking about what's up, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Random Heathen Ramblings podcast. Hope your week has been great. Hope your weekend was all right. And hope you're ready to do it all over again. Thanks for joining me today. Um, got a special guest coming up here in just a minute or two or three. Depends on how long I, um, you know, filibuster, as they say in the industry. But, um, Figured I'd just, you know, go through the, the motions, go through the whole introduction. Um, you guys know the drill. If you are uh, not yet following my podcast on, gosh, all kinds of platforms. Now, I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I think Breaker, um, also now on Stitcher, Spotify, of course. I think I mentioned that. Um, if I didn't, I just did. Anchor. Um, <clears throat> You know, so wherever you're listening from, if you're not following the podcast and you're not keeping track of things, now's your opportunity to please follow, upvote, you know, do whatever it is that the podcast listening platform of your choice prompts you and allows you to do. Um, of course, you can always uh, call into the Midgarden Musings hotline and be featured here on a future Random Heathen Ramblings podcast calling in is uh the phone lines are always open i will listen to your message and feature you at a later time that number is 615-671-9832 um so let's go ahead and uh start our intro for the for the show midgard musings podcast practicing the old ways in modern times and today's episode is going to be a fun one i think got a really fun guest coming so here we go let's get into it Good stuff. Um, so again, thank you all again for listening today. If you're watching this on the YouTube premiere, hail and welcome to you. Good day, good Thursday, good Thursday uh, to all of you out there all over the world. Um, and if you again, if you're watching the live YouTube premiere and uh, you know appreciate it, um, if you want to catch these YouTube videos um, after they premiere, then you're going to need to become a YouTube channel member. So I know a lot of folks like watching these types of things. Um, 
for this, for whatever reason. But if you know YouTube is your streaming or listening platform of choice, you know, then by all means, um, consider becoming a, a channel member. And to all my channel members that listen and watch, um, there's a. Uh, I'm I'm trying to get back into finding a a more a wholesome cadence for me to do those live streams that we started doing a while back. Uh, we didn't very you know we were getting very far off the ground um, with those things, but uh, they need to they need to come back because that's what you know a lot of my uh, YouTube channel members are 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 looking for is that kind of personal interaction with myself to talk about all things heathenry. Um, in like a one-on-one -on -one sort of sort of deal, but that is um, something that's going to be coming back very soon. I know I keep saying that, um, and and things just keep coming up. So this past weekend, you know, um, I'm probably going to talk a little bit more about this once uh, my guest's name is. We'll just go by Neef. Uh, Neef will be coming on. Probably talk a little bit about this um, just to get some discussion and some. Uh, circulation of, of conversation, but uh, he's going to be talking a bit today. We're going to be talking a bit about uh, things pertaining to like tribalism. Um, you know, uh, he's not a heathen, um, uh, but he he lives by what he refers to and calls as tundra law. Yes, tundra law. So we're going to talk about about we're going to talk a bit uh, when he comes on here about tundra law and how that um, translates into maybe heathen worldviews and. Um, some of the nuances or similarities, you know, between all those sorts of things. So uh, we're going to be talking a bit about that. But yeah, no, this past weekend, um, had a really nice time with uh, another local um, leader, tribe leader here in the Nashville area. His name is Greg, um, and he is the chieftain of the uh, Raven Moon Hearth, uh, based out of Nashville. Got a lot of great people there, uh, but Greg's a wonderful guy. Known him for for several years now, and um, He's actually been part of um, the tribe that I am a part of. Our tribe's uh, name is Kharidi Folk. And he has been a part of our tribe's um, Yule rituals for the last several years. Um, we're still very small. We don't do a whole lot of public events or anything right now. And especially with the whole COVID mess and public events, you know, being kind of... Uh, you know, shut down there for a little bit or, or limited in their, um, you know, cadence or, or just ease of being able to do it. Um, but he's been doing a lot of really cool stuff and, and, and over the years, and he actually has, um, or their, their tribe, their group has a, a public event that recurs every year. They have a couple, um, but they have one coming up in uh, next month, actually, not too long from now. It's called Shadow Moot. You know, so if you're in the area, and I know, I know people like to travel for some things, but if you want more details and you want to know more about it, I will link it down in the description, and I will also put it in the podcast show notes. So for those of you that are listening that are not watching, that are like, what are you talking about the description? Well, it's going to be in the show notes. Uh, the, the event details of Shadow Moot, it is uh, a public event, um, in-person event, so please be safe and please be considerate of the hosts and the guests around you uh, should you decide to attend. But um, the event details will be um, on a Facebook platform. I'll also try to be sure to uh, include any external methods, but they pretty much do everything through the Facebook social media platform. So um, if you're not on there, um, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't have any, uh, at least at this point, if I find anything and it's in the show notes, then I found it. 
um, or if it's down in the description, then I found it. But aside from that, that's where you can find all those things. Um, and as always, you know, um, you know, support your local heathen groups, uh, whether they be artisans, crafts, men or women or craftspeople. Um, and uh, anybody that's out here, you know, doing things to help the, the larger heathen community as a whole. Um, for instance, you know, like myself here, uh, Midgard Musings, the, the, the subscribing to the platforms that you listen or watch on, you know, so subscribe to the channel, follow or upvote the podcasts. If you want to become a channel member, you can do that. You can also become a patron uh, to Midgard Musings on Patreon. Um, all that's going to be in the details in the Linktree link that you see in the show notes or down in the description. And what else? Oh, yeah, merchandise. There's a Midgard Musings store. Um, again, all that's going to be linked in the link tree. So I got t-shirts, hoodies, stuff for men, women, children, even infants. Um, need to need to go through there and, and try to boost the, the store. There's a lot of cool stuff, just different color t-shirts, but it's got the Midgard Musings binary that you see um, up here. And I want to add some more uh, apparel variety um, and whatnot to that. So, but yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and welcome in uh, Neef today. So let's get him in here and see what he has to say about just various things. Like I said, he's not heathen, doesn't practice heathenry. Um, but he's a good dude. Love hanging around him. So uh, let's go ahead and bring him in here and get him introduced to everyone and anyone. So here we go. Yeah, all right, folks. So uh, we got a third guest here that I didn't tell you about. Um, Joined today with me is uh, Neef and Dingo. You guys ought to know Dingo because he's not only been on the podcast before, he's been here on the channel before. So, you know, for all the folks watching the premiere today, you've got uh, a returning guest and a new guest. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Good to have you on. Um, Neef. Neef is one of these guys who I'm just going to I'm just going to go out here on a limb and say he's um I talked a bit before and I've, and I've mentioned before about how I know some people who are the most like pagan non-pagans that I know or the most pagan non-heathen that I know. And I, I don't know, but to me, like Neef is kind of one of those, but I don't know a whole lot about you to say for sure. But there's some right. there's some things that we're going to be talking about on this oh, podcast yeah. that make me think that you got some you got some of that uh, non-traditional right. views on things, you know? Right. Yeah, I do. uh well, you and I have never, and a lot of people, I've never really delved into what I studied with history and a lot of religious, if you will, belief. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it usually sits on top of political belief and standard philosophical belief. Yeah. You know, kind of build it around that sort of thing, yeah, I guess. You know, but I'm, I'm, I really, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the show here and watch it as often as I can. And uh, because... Thank you. It is a uh, y'all do provide some pretty wide open real info about you know the history and the religion and the spirituality and what have you and it's not. It's I was going to say actual insight, right? right, right. <laughs> it's not just some the kitschy like yada de yada. You know, I don't feel like I'm you know what reading a comic book or some crap. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> actually have a real discussion about life and applicable things when it comes to what this stuff is and not a not yeah. a comparison of you know what well i think 
I think that we, I think that we can all learn from each other. And that's one of the things that I personally like to pride myself in is that I can sit and have a conversation with anyone from any walk of life, whether it's, you know, a monotheistic, a polytheistic and atheistic and, you know, any kind of religious or non-religious or spiritual view on life and, and take something away from, from their, you know, knowledge that they share if they so choose and, and, you know, find where it can apply to me or, or, or see if it does. And, and, but in the same time, it's like, it's knowledge, it's sharing of knowledge and we can all, I think, benefit from that, you know, in, in some sort of way. That's the, um, yeah, I agree. That's the, uh, well, that's the core of, well, a lot of, you know, when we get into my beliefs, a lot of the core of it has to do with knowledge and the freedom of knowledge, you know, um, information should be free. You know, that's an old cyberpunk saying, you know, and it means more than books shouldn't cost money. It means a whole lot more than that. It means that, you know, information should not be a commodity. Mm. Should be overly, it should be as abundant as it is. No one should have lack of access to all information. That's, you know, that's what true collectivism is. You know, living as a commune or a community, it is living as a collective when everybody has the same information available to mm-hmm. be able to do with that they will you know for sure i go i, I like that uh i like that because one of the things that i've seen arise nowadays at least in my views on things and in, in the kind of circles that i find myself not necessarily running within but find myself just having an inside view on is there's too much focus or there's there's a hyper awareness or hyper focus of the self and the individual and not enough of a, a approach or enough of a care on the community and the family, you know, which was so very important to ancient societies, ancient right. people, you know, before like civilization became just everybody living in a city and, you know, whatever it was, it was the community was the focus, you right. know, it, it, it was, it was, it was such an integral part of survival and, and all this kind of stuff, which is going to kind of be, what we talk a bit about today, what I wanted to kind of have you on the show um, to talk about today in this, this concept I mentioned in the intro before you came on here about this, uh, this notion of tundra law. Yeah. I think it fits into that. Yeah. That whole thing. There's a little bit, I may, I, I put that name on the concept kind of um, not necessarily in jest, but it's a little more lighthearted <laughs> You know, because then one would think, because a lot of these ideals have come from, you know, years and years of studying things. I studied uh, a lot of Celtic, I studied some Nordic um, ruin uh, ruin scriptures and things like that, but my older brother had actually studied more of that. Mm. I picked up from that point and started studying more Celtic, you know, derived things, more, you know, Irish and Druidic. Um, to write yep. things for many, many years. And I took what I did from that. And then when I began to study um, a lot more Asian philosophy, and I really became what, if anybody were to ask me now, I just consider myself for the best explanation, I call myself a Taoist. 
you know, mm-hmm. because it's very, um, it's so broad, it's a philosophy, it's not a religion, you know, and a lot of people have mistaken me for a Buddhist, which I'm not, you know, I believe that religions have to be practiced. You know, that's one of the things I really respect about a lot of what you guys do is because I see the practice occurring. And I think that that's the important thing when it comes to religions, because that's what a religion is. It's a daily practice. Whether I believe in it or not, I can believe in someone's faith in their religion by how they practice it. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I I have respect for people's beliefs more than I just have a broad respect for religion, you know, in general. So I think it, um, but. Well, especially with like, like, you know, uh, some of the things that you've studied, they are living religions, like living heathenry, like whether it's Germanic or uh, even Celtic, because, you know, the, the, there, there's bleed over in those continental European countries and how they. Um, became something that Germanic uh, lands kind of adopted or, or picked up, and they they called things maybe a different name, but the, the the fundamentals of it, they were all living beliefs. They didn't necessarily have a name to them. They were just the living thing that the peoples did, right? Right. Right. It's just you well, know, that, that's a very Dow perspective, right. ultimately, right? I mean, it is it, like it, that's it, just it, it is. Things are how they are. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people think that Confucianism is the opposite of Taoism. It's just—it's not really. It's—it's just not as um, the more philosophical side. Is that that accurate? Well, it's odd that uh, Confucius and Sun Tzu actually met each other, Hmm. Um, or Lao Tzu. Excuse me, I was going to talk about Art of War. Um, Lao Tzu, who wrote Tao Te Ching, they actually met, which is very rare for philosophical entities to actually meet each other in the same time in that in that time yeah it was yeah, I mean, yeah just in general because all of these figures throughout history were so broadly but um confucius died with only a couple of um devotees he was run out of pretty much every warlord's village he worked for because you know he was trying to breed too much discipline but he went by the temple the Taoist temple and Lao told him you know that he he understood what he was trying to do and he understood, you know, the logic behind it. But he said that, you know, in the Taoist way, life in the universe is going to move and there's no need to sit and try to perfectly attune everything and fit everything around because it's going to all wash away when you're gone anyway. And what are you setting these things up for? You know, People say yeah. a better life in the future, but you're not, you know, that it doesn't, you know, it's, it, it, it's not applicable for the time you have here. And it's technically disrespectful for the life you've given to keep thinking ahead past it. You know, that's kind of the thought in Taoism. You know, we believe that almost, you know, any God is a, a, a able to exist. You know, that's a Taoist yeah. belief that you know, It's not what you're doing. It's why are you doing it? And you shouldn't really have very basic reasons. That is where I think the foundation of what I call tundra law came into it. And it's, I call it tundra law because it's cold. It is very cold and it comes from, I was reading, I never finished them. They got several of them, but I was reading a series of uh, fictions written by an archeological couple that uh, the Greers, I think is their last name. So Michael Greer and 
can't remember his wife's name, but they, they write separately and they write together, but they write these stories called the first American series. I think it's first American man or first American, but it, these are fictions that are based off of the ancient natives of America that crossed the land bridge. Mm-hmm. And they start from there and they go all the way. Each story is a different tribe from a different time. And they go expound. And what they've done is their archaeological studies, they would write a story based around where they, a site that they worked at and the peoples they discovered there. And nobody's going to know this fiction. Nobody, of course, these aren't true because nobody has nobody, nobody could know. But what they do is they write a story around what they've learned about this culture. So that way it's saying, this might, if this happened, this is probably kind of how it would have. And it teaches you more about, I mean, they're really good stories. You know, they got a lot of, a lot going on in them, but. It's like fiction, but rooted in nonfiction. Right. It's rooted in, you know, is perceived and they could be somewhat mistaken, but I mean, these are archaeologists. They're pretty, things seem to be pretty solid, what they talk about and things will make sense to you. Just like a religious text. You relate, read it, you're like, well, that makes sense. It makes perfect sense why they did this and this, they believe this or whatever. So when I was reading a lot of those, some of the earlier ones, when they're actually crossing the land bridge, they're in the, a lot of people forget. Well, they, a lot of people know that there's, what, six months a night in the Northern Hemisphere, some of the way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You got like, that's it, it's literally just summer and winter. Right. You don't really have the you know people forget that when they're crossing the land bridge these are people with spears in skins you know with nothing literally nothing just next to being you know a hairless ape with skin wrapped around it because it managed to band together and kill something not only are they in the frozen tundra it is nighttime So you are not only cold, but you are dark. And almost everything out there can and will kill you. (laughs) Right. I mean, absolutely. Unequivocally. (laughs) I mean, absolutely. You know. It it wants to. (laughs) You know, and the amazing idea that our frail little selves could make it through that is really what I think where religion really foundates itself because we run into this disbelief that even our own mortality could get past what we got through and we look to the ancestors and go how in the hell did y'all manage to do that when we can you know I stub my fucking toe on a skateboard and I can't goddamn walk for right for a month. (laughs) (laughs) I saw, I saw saw a post like that today where somebody's like my ancestor, you know, my ancestors looking at me, um, after, you know, they survived, you know, not being eaten by wild animals and not dying from the elements and, and building their homes and growing their food. And they're, you know, looking at me because, you know, uh, my feelings got hurt. And it's just like one of these expressions of like, yeah, you know, uh, seriously, like this. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. As far as really living up to the ancestors, there, people. <laughs> <laughs> right, you doing them a, 
you're really doing them a service, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, their 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 feelings got in their defense. Their feelings probably got hurt too. But five seconds later, something tried to kill them. So it was like, right. okay, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, really you, one of those cool things when I talk about tundra a lot, people think it's so cold because I say, you know, well, when you look at it on a survival level, you know, when when it's when it's us three out in the, you know, when if we're sitting around arguing about something. And things are getting so heated in this world, you know, that people let these arguments just get control their lives. Yeah. And they don't really stop and think, well, look, if we just took the three of us that are arguing, what if we were all in the middle of the tundra? Right. Right now. What would our argument even matter? Well, first off, probably not shit. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Um, now. It's what it's for. It's about survival. Right, because now, am I still going to be pissed at you two for whatever? Uh, no, because we need to build a fucking fire. Because <laughs> yeah. we're going to freeze to death. And when I say we, I do mean we. And that's right. the other part of it. Is it, it it's, it's a situation that forces you into understanding what real social interaction is. You know, yeah, it's it's none of this. Oh man, you know, uh, sending thoughts, sending prayers. If you yeah. need anything, and I mean anything, just call right. me. And then you know, you call them, and like you don't get any answers, or they don't respond to your messages right. or your texts or whatever. There's like, that's the whole thing about like this social media construct, the social media age. It's 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 given the illusion of camaraderie, yeah. and it's given the illusion of togetherness when like hey look like there's there's ways that people can connect over long distances nowadays better than ever before and that's that's a thing but yep. it does never and it could never replace because here's the thing too like what we're talking about neef is like <clears throat> this tundra law and, and and relying on each other and having to do it there's a level of trust that has to be there amongst each other and that's what like with heathens we we look at as as the term frith Frith is not just about being cool with each other and being friendly and, and having a good time. Frith is about this. There's there's trust involved and there's obligation and in, in, in inherently in that mentality because without without that, you're done. Like as an individual, you're 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 screwed. Right. Because without the tribe, without that, you know, togetherness, without that community, you're you're, you know, you're left to the wild, as it were. Right. I think one of the things that and I, and I picked up uh, watching a lot of what y'all talk about, and I heard the term come back, and I had not turned, heard it in years. And I know that I learned it from either probably from the Nordic stuff I'd studied way, way back. And it was about the two selves, the, the smaller case and the higher, you know, the lower self and the higher self. Mm. And I've heard y'all mention that before, and I was like, you know, that's another big thing. And, I, and, and lots of religions have that same concept. But the, um, for if I remember correctly, you know, I know that in, if it, I guess it was in the, the Nordic stuff that I studied and the Odinism that they, is that what do they talk, do they refer to it as a higher and a lower self? There's, there's the concept of the self is, okay. is pretty complex and it's not even just a, a higher and lower there. There it's yeah. multidimensional. There, there's right. layers of the self that extend into, you know, just. Right. So it, it's it's multidimensional. It's pretty complex, but right. It might have been. It probably is where I picked that up. Just the, the term like that, because that's what I think of when I'm thinking all those years back. But that's one of those those things that nowadays, especially 
at the same time, people are quote unquote getting more aware or more, I guess, able to use the terms. They tend to be more fluid. You know what I mean? People are immediately, everybody is so selfishly selfless. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like a virtue. You know, it's a virtue. Mm. It's a, sig- a virtue signal. You know, it's basically saying, "Look how much I care. Why don't you mm. care as much as me?" Wow. You know? And it's, you know, it it really like it's a competition or something. You know, right. like it, it's more. It's more about pride than it is right. about right. Yeah. You know, it's about driving someone else to. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> it, well, it's a manipulation tactic to get you to believe what I want you to believe. Why don't you think like me? I think the I only think the way I do because I'm completely selfless uh, selfless about this thought. So I don't understand why you don't agree with me. You see what I'm saying? Whereas if somebody says, "Well, I believe this way and it's partially because of my own gain." You're like, "Well, I don't have to believe, you know. I I can understand why you wouldn't agree yeah. because it's for my gain." But people turn it and say, you know, I believe this because it's got nothing to do with the benefit of me. So therefore, you know, it has to be correct. And if you disagree with me, then you obviously don't give a shit and have no empathy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think that uh, especially like nowadays, you know, I was going to I was going to bring up something. And for the sake of the podcast and for the sake of our audience, um, and, and you as a, and, and Dingo and stuff as, as guests and friends, I think it'd be kind of a fun thing. Like this past weekend, I, uh, you know, I went and got the, the, I got, I'm fully vaccinated and the whole COVID thing is a big hot topic for a lot of people. You know, what do you talk about vaccination versus non-vaccination does, you know, is it worth getting now? You know, I, and there's friends of mine, you know, not just here, but friends of mine that are like still stuck on the, the idea or the concept that it's, uh, but we haven't done enough testing, and and I see all those things to like to know whether or not it's it's safe. And I see all those things, and I look and I say, well, look, here's why I think it's it's worth doing. But I also understand why people think it's not worth doing. And at the end of the day, you know, you people are gonna, I guess, think what they want to think and do what they want to do anyway. But in this in this light, like this is one of those things where you were talking about earlier, Neek. Like, okay, we're all sitting around a fire, or we're all sitting around and we're having an argument. Like this could be one of those things where we're like, well, we're going to get into a we're going to get into a, a friendly debate or a discussion about something. But at the end of the day, what does it really matter? Right. You know, because I feel like it's 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 something that <clears throat> for the good of the people around us, uh, as long as you've you know done your your due diligence to make sure that it's not going to hurt the people around you, then why wouldn't you do it? Because it could only it, it could, you know reduce the infection rate reduce the spread so far as we know right now what do we know what are we going to know in two years five years ten years down the road well who the hell knows where i'm going to be at that point i know that i'm here right now and there's you know the the involvement with the people that i'm with around now and what we want to accomplish in the here and now it it, you know it it, it plays into the decision-making process so but is it going to change you know, unless people just get like downright r- ridiculous and stupid in their concepts or their ideas about it. Is it going to change anything about my friends or who I'm friends with? Most likely not. 
right? Because again, at the end of the day, what does it really matter? Like, what are we doing to uh, build each other up in that community mindset, right. you know, and how do we accomplish that under the current climate of the world right. with, you know, a virus that is, you know, created a pandemic in the last year and a half. So. Right. Well, I mean, you were talking about like people just like going reckless, you know, like you have those people like going around, the, you know, grocery stores, like licking fruit and stuff like that. And it's like, what is up with that? Anyway? I don't care if there's a pandemic or not. I don't, don't be doing that. That's not, no. I thought they quit. <laughs> a couple, remember a couple of years ago with the ice cream and people were getting prison time for that? Yeah. yeah. Because when they put it back in the case, they told them, well, by law, you put it back into the case. We don't know which one it is. Even if it's on camera, we don't know which one it is. And every single one of those products has to be pulled out of there and you owe us for them all. At the very least, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. monetary speaking, just, you know. Then they started hitting them on a felony because it was like, um, contamination of a food source or i mean just some crazy like yeah yeah borderline terrorist charge you know oh, right I mean? yeah like biological yeah, right. warfare or something and all of a sudden a couple people got hit hard for it and were like oh but i was just joking yeah and they weren't no, nobody's laughing yep <laughs> and that's the kind of ridiculous stupidity that i'm talking about like if you're right. just going to be like being so reckless and have no care for the safety or the or the or the you know like you're just not a decent human being first of all you're just you're just an asshole if you're going to do stuff like that again pandemic aside or whatever like right like would you would you would you walk up to somebody and 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 arbitrarily just spit in their mouths thinking that it's funny well are you not in a sense doing just that when you're contaminating their food like come on (laughs) just you know but that's the thing is you know you run into such a broad so many people like fear said there's too many of us there's too many of us there's just too many of us you know and that's where you know i get into a lot of debates with people about anarchism and i don't definitely don't like to put the ism on it just like rasta you know it's Mm -hmm. things aren't an ism the whole point is, is that it's not an ism. It's not dealing with that BS. And people say, well, how is that going to work? You know, how would it work to shut everything down? I never said it would. Mm. Right. Because it's not a system that we're replacing with this to, you know, all I'm saying is that what happened now does not. And it will eventually collapse in a horrible way unless it's dismantled properly, you know? Yeah. So, you know, but as long as you have, like people say, as long as you have people like that, then you have people that can justify needing law enforcement, you know? And that's when you can get into a very deep discussion about society, the structure of society, technology, you know, I mean, if we were growing our own food, we would only have to worry about somebody jumping the fence and messing with it. We wouldn't have to worry yeah. about somebody going into the grocery store because there wouldn't be a grocery store. Right. You know. 
Yeah, the world's become such a big place, and and it's. I mean, I was looking at things the other. I was looking at something the other day when we talk about <clears throat> technology and how th- far things have advanced. Like, if you look at, like the the primary method of transportation for thousands of years was like the chariot, you know, or the horse and the horse and buggy, and then all of a sudden the automobile hit, and then within like sixty years, within like a human's lifespan, you had. Um, airplanes and we were going to the moon and you know and space travel and and all that kind of stuff like within a within a, within a century well within a century like i think back on like my grandparents and, and even my great-grandparents who lived at a time where all of those things happened while they were still alive and just seeing that just hurdle just that 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 you know launch into vast changes of things when the world was such a simpler it, it, it really was. It, it was a simpler time, not all that long ago. Yep. Well, and did we grow up too fast? Did we move? You know? The revolution thought, you know, just like the agricultural revolution, it never, it never stopped. I mean, agriculture never stopped, but it as a revolution did. Industry never stopped, but it as a revolution did. Now yeah. we are, we are at the end of the failed information revolution and many many people were never told that in the 90s <clears throat> they straight up said the industrial revolution is done we are entering into an information revolution because communication yeah. got big and telecommunication went ape shit. i always yeah. say that it failed because we've commoditized info and it is completely less than free it's so unfree now oh yeah that you're Just- getting ripped off for information you're not paying for you know what i'm saying just look back at i mean look at if you were to you know just try to find anything online anything look at how much stuff is open sourced meaning you don't have to pay for it you don't have to own a license for it you know what i mean it's just there for the taking yep (laughs) all about the new that was the the whole idea of, of the linux movement when it came to the software and technology was that everything should be open source. Well, you know, there was a, there was a famous story about um, the, the original team that worked on the original Linux design, Linus and all that. Um, mm. They were working for Microsoft and Gates said, you have to have company-wide a password on your account because we need to beef up security. And they're like, what security? Like, mm-hmm. it's all in the building, dude. What are you talking about? Yeah. And so a lot of these guys put Spacebar. They put Spacebar as their password. And that was <laughs> it. Like, it was just blank space. And that it had to be something. It had to be some value. So they did that. And that's it, you know? Yeah, it just had to take up, you know, X amount of... Uh, and they kind of they kind of broke yeah. off and were like, "Fuck this! We're gonna we're gonna do our own thing and we're gonna make our own system that is free to everybody." Because they saw that move alone as turning all of this into a commodity rather than. Well, they also they knew technology. That, they they knew that the Unix platform, which was based out of hard you know C structure. Yeah, was far superior than the net framework that Microsoft was trying to run under, which they had stolen from Xerox. 
Mm. Um, mm. But the big thing was, is, I mean, and that's a, and that's a huge one right there. Cause you look at Mac, Macintosh is a Unix based system. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only one, I mean, people talk about viruses now, now viruses, they talk about malware, which isn't a real virus. And a lot of those things aren't real viruses and computers. The only computers that ever got viruses were windows. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yep. And yeah, and then and then Norton was born and a whole lot of money was made from it. Right. And they're the only ones that needed antivirus software. <laughs> yeah. And now Windows has it built in. Norton doesn't exist. They pretty much are absorbed in and you know. And it yeah. sucks. And you know, my my system I run on Linux is just fine no matter what. And it never finds anything wrong on Windows. You never find any. It always pops right, up. Right. The vendor never finds anything. Well, of course, because y'all ain't put anything in here. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, but yeah, I mean, Linux is, <clears throat> I mean, Unix in general is what it is. Linux is just right. You know, right. the standard term that, you know, Linus developed that to be a user-friendly version of Linux. And then Linux just kerneled out and you have all the distros you have now. Right. Um, I think it's really interesting how the, uh, like where we kind of went in from, you know, the, the initial discussion about this, you know, Tundra law, I think it really fits a lot into even this type of thing, because when it comes down to it, anything that's this freely come like these commodities, so much is open source. What, what, what understanding are people nowadays people that are coming into this world the young people coming into this world what understanding are they getting from the world they live in how are they learning about the importance of tribe the importance of community the importance of the people around you instead of just being this lone ranger out here just you know you know again just just doing their own thing being their own and and making it you know because i mean that's the world that that's the way the world is it's you can just be your own entrepreneur you know what i mean well, you like, know, it's kind it, of which is interesting it's kind of neat in a way but at the same time it's like with these inherent values that that are value like that they are they're they're valuable they're they're necessary well, i think relating to that and like we were talking about technology like i just thought of an interesting analogy like when i was growing up right like we had video games and everything but like if you didn't own that game then you had to go to the rental place and rent it and like mm-hmm. today you hear all the time stories about like, you know, my five-year-old racked up $500 worth of freemium stuff on my cell phone and I'm all mad about it and blah, 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 blah. If I had tried to rack up $500 at the video store when I was growing up, <laughs> they wouldn't have had that. Like first off, there would have been a conversation with my parents. Like, like there would have been this whole community thing involved, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that same summer thing, the video store up the street from my house, you know, the owner, he's a real cool dude. And when I'd go rent my Nintendo games, it, you know, you'd rent them and they had the due date, but you knew you're going to keep them longer. So it wasn't really a late fee. You were just paying for more days. Right. right. So I'd be, I'd keep it for a week or two and I'd bring it back and he would give me a deal. He'd be yeah. like, oh, you owe me, you know, such and such. I'll tell you what, just give me, you know, because he was making his money. And he knew, well, like, uh, he knew that. Castlevania, too, I rented so many times that they just <laughs> gave it to me. 
<laughs> like, look, like man, you know what? We'll just get another copy. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. You, uh, you paid for like 17 of these games already. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, right. You've <laughs> earned it, you know? <laughs> it's got my wife's oil changed, man. Thanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that, uh, and you know, and another thing I was thinking too about when we were talking about um, the uh, the wild and, and how, you know, you're at its mercy, man. Like, there's no... It, it goes back to just like you say tundra law people talk about you know the law of the jungle or you know like man that's that's how the wild is and, and even in like the heathen context they uh and and it's not necessarily an old heathen idea at least not in linguistic form but there's this inner guard guard you know the inner yard the outer yard ancient people just understood that when you were inside the confines of whether it was, you know, the tribe or you were inside the, the gates, the walls, the, the groves, whatever, like there was safety inside that outside because there were rules. There was there was there was rules, but to, to the extent of there was a construct and there was a social construct that everyone agreed to and abided while they were within all that stuff that happens outside, man, that's it, it runs on its own engine. You know what I'm saying? And you can't go out there and control it it's like i look at it in a way of like <clears throat> you ever have property and you're you know mowing your yard well you've got a boundary and you've got everything beyond that it grows up and if you let it grow too far it starts spreading into your inner space your inner circles your inner yard as it like the literal yard space and that's like a metaphor to me in the sense like you got to know where those boundaries are and, and you have some control and you have some say in what happens within your inner circles within your inner yards and that's like i, I think Neef, we've talked about or at least alluded to it sometimes about tribe versus cult maybe that was another person i was having conversation with but i think that was i think that was you i think, I I, think that was a rhetoric rabbit hole episode yeah it might have been because yeah. everybody that you know if you know like Neef, he's been on i mean you produce the rhetoric rabbit hole podcast so, i mean he's he's on there all the time i'm on there more than I on there, yeah. Supposed <laughs> <laughs> to just be producing it, but <laughs> you got your hands in that cookie jar, big time. Yeah, you know I got to talk about shit all the time. <laughs> but but right, so like, but to what extent do to what where where are the lines? Um, and I think the cult mentality or, or cult uh, views on things has changed drastically over time. It wasn't always what it is now, and it, and it just kind of went off the rails. Um, probably pretty recently actually if you, you know in comparison but there's there's uh i was trying to say but like the the, the rules or the regulations or the laws the bylaws the 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 through as the, the, the traditions those things exist and they work in within doesn't apply out there man it doesn't outside the in the tundra in, in the wild in the jungle man it's you know you, you try telling a wolf that's charging you no 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 you can't do that yeah that's... okay what you know like that ain't happening man <laughs> right right you know and there's no you know justification doesn't exist really you know yeah i mean or it it is already covered you know there's it's everything is justified because everything is allowed you know right. animals kill each other to eat each other to pr protect themselves out of fear you know and they don't tend to usually kill to protect themselves out of fear if they can get away you mm -hmm. know but there's certain grounds you know i've seen some pretty amazing stuff you know i mean growing up one of the things that i watched a lot 
fortunately, you know, I say this, of course, when I was coming up, I couldn't stand it, but you know, my folks didn't get cable. They wouldn't get cable TV, you know, and it was pretty commonplace, you know, even as old as I am, it was pretty commonplace. It was a big thing coming up to in my time. MTV was huge, you know, it was still showing music, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so what it did is it, it, it stuck me into only being able to watch network stuff or stuff on like, you know, the UHF, but also PBS. And I'm not a big fan of PBS as an entity anymore or so much as I used to be, but they even still exist. I mean, is public broadcasting even still a thing? Like, yeah, yeah. Do they really? They still do they? Wow, I didn't even know. It's uh, NTT now. Yeah. Well, that's, National uh, Public Television. That's yeah, that's Nashville. So you you have it's it's done like NPR is. You have your federal branch of that f- feeds everybody money, and then you have each state has a you know whatever. Right. But. It's um, but anywho, you know, so I watched a lot of these nature shows, and what amazed yeah. me from back in the day watching like Nova and some of the older shows that they were using the highest tech equipment they had at the time, the most trained people they had at the time, out there trying to learn about these animals. It was amazing stuff. But one of the coolest things that I've noticed through the years is continuing to watch that stuff and watch how much technology has advanced our ability to gain knowledge and those all those um animal bot- biologists and you know just zoologists and what have you that you know go risk their ass just to tell us about a tiger you know right and, yeah, because what it was it back then? It was like, you know, the telescopic zoom lenses yeah, from a half a mile yeah, away. Mounted on a Jeep, you know, hoping a you know, rhino didn't charge the fucking Jeep, you know. Right. There, very little communication. No, you know, cell phones. It was, it was pretty ruthless by today's standards, too. Like, you saw, like, a lion rip the throat out of a zebra or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, know, visceral. Is, you know, what, but one thing that I started to see was they started to get more cameras in more places and get to see animals when they aren't realizing they're being looked at. You know what I mean? Mm. And more, you know, they thought they understood the complete behaviors of certain things and then they found abnormalities. And then they started to find that, you know, there's just as many odd abnormal behaviors that go on in the animal kingdom as in the human kingdom we just tend to point them out and treat them in a certain way whereas the animal kingdom it just it just happens you know and like uh, elephants having funerals right things like that Um, like that yeah. yeah Well, and, you know, and then you've got things like that that just seem very similar to, you know, like the, the monkeys that, you know, the apes that travel across to eat all the fruit and freak out and have sex in the trees, you know, for a day. And then they just go back to where they were, you know, <laughs> and they. It's Woodstock, baby. <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't sound like, that's not, that was a 60s, wasn't it? You know? <laughs> well, but one of the things that I, I saw not too long ago <clears throat> And this really blew my mind. It was a uh, a lion, and it was chasing these two. Um, what's it was either hyenas or cheetahs away from its territory, and it kind of, you know, bucked at at them, and they kind of ran back a little bit. And it was a. They said it was a brother and sister, 
and they kind of crept up on it again and then it took off at them and the lion ran the brother down in cold blood and they said they never witnessed this because animals for one thing big cats don't eat each other mm-hmm. cat meat is not really something that things try to go and eat you know and cats will attack each other in defense and they will smack each other the hell out of their land but they don't animals don't tend to ruthlessly run each other down just to murder one you know, yeah. unless it wants to eat it, unless it fit, you know, and they said it was a very, very abnormal behavior. And they said, uh, you know, animal psychologists were talking about, it, and they said they think that it might very well have been because you have things like, you know, hyenas and cheetahs, these wars that go on, these predator wars between each other, because that's what they are. They're fighting over their area to hunt, will go in and kill young. And they say that it's a possibility that this lion was a survivor of a litter that got pretty much killed by what if it, I can't remember if it was cheetahs or uh, it was a couple of cheetahs or it was hyenas. But no, hyenas are the like the lion's bane, man. Like they're always yeah, and, around and that, that's why I wanted to say that. But it seems like I, I remember it being cheetahs because <laughs> they they all have craziness going on between each other, you know. Right, and. They said that, you know, that's the only thing they could think is that, you know, it psycho- psychologically, that lion smacked hmm. was like, you know, because they're like, it's not going to eat it. It wasn't an actual real threat to it. It didn't run up at it. You know, this thing ran it off and then it got to a point where they said it should at most, all of them will stop at about this point and turn and run back and whoever takes Carry off. on yeah. but he didn't they he just kept going and they were like what the hell is this and he yeah i mean mauled this damn thing you know and they say they see more stuff like that now because they have more video footage available you know they just got more cameras drones all kind of shit you know yeah well and you see that in domesticated animals as well you know I'm, well i, I want to say it was my dad told me a story about this dog that he knew that somebody he knew had and it was a rescue dog and it was terrified of people wearing sunglasses mm-hmm. that's pretty common i mean a lot of and dogs- if you like took your sunglasses off it would stop freaking out but if you had them on it would it would go ape shit yeah. there's a lot of and money. it turns out that the previous owner beat it mm-hmm. and he wore mirrored sunglasses all the time and i mean that's pretty common with domestication because, like I always say, as part of one of the one of the rules of tundra law, one must realize that the most domesticated animals on this earth are humans. Yeah, we have more successfully domesticated ourselves than we ever will any other fucking creature. Yeah, and that's part of what domestication is: is teaching that wildness away and giving it emotional response. You know, and. Mm-hmm. It's so much domestication is absolutely useless on the tundra. You know, you know I thought that it was uh, talking about um, domesticating people away and, and the responses that we have. I saw something that made me think about this conversation or potentially what this conversation could lead to. And I think it fits. It's like, you know, like Neef, you were talking about the, the collapse of society and, and anarchy and its application or whether it works and this and that. But like, think about it, right? Should 
like should or when and when it's because it's inevitable society collapse like what's the first thing that that we see nowadays people are talking about you know stock up on your guns and ammunition and 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 things to kill each other with mm-hmm. well why aren't we uh putting more focus on learning those tools. primal right. yeah tools like building like <laughs> knowing what the heck to do to survive not how to destroy further but how to live right the it, it, you know and and those, like cuz I don't know. I had the fortune of of growing up in a in a in a way that was still in modern time. But I, I you know worked on a farm for over a decade. I was, you know, growing food in a garden. We were you know raising and, and <clears throat> slaughtering our own uh, domestic cattle, uh, chickens. You know the whole bit. You know farm life, and uh, went hunting, fishing. Knew how to you know know how to identify what are edible. Uh, things that grow and what are dangerous, um, how to build a shelter, you know, like all these various things, where to find clean water, how to filter water, you know, all this kind of stuff. That's like, that's what you need to know when, you know, crap hits the fan and, and everything just turns to the garbage, not how to, you know, put a bullet through somebody's eye. Now, granted part of the, I think like you would maybe agree part of tundra law, part of this, this whole thing is, is survival. Right. right? So yeah, there, there's a, there's a Security level of that. Yeah. You have to have at least a biggest gun as your enemy. Right. You got to know how to defend your, your keep. Right. You know what I mean? You got to know how to defend your tribe. Advocate, as I am an advocate of not being outgunned. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, but you don't, you don't use a, a gun to kill an ant. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't waste that bullet. Right. You know, I mean, if people it, watch too much TV. They see all these. It's, it's about resource. <laughs> right. They, they watch these post-apocalyptic movies. They, they get in this, you know, Mad Max uh, mentality or something. I think, I don't know, maybe, oh, that's what it's going to be like. And we're all going to be, you know. Well, uh, really, you know, I don't know. Walking, if you're talking about like pop culture, Walking Dead would probably be the closest, you know. And I always appreciated the crossbow and the katana because mm-hmm. that's that's a reusable oh, weapon you know like one of the things that you it's funny you mentioned it's about resource is in all actuality the very first one is a simulation of what would begin to happen now road warrior yeah. after the fact and it gets a little wild because of that and beyond thunderdome is what it is and then the <laughs> right. that came out as what it is right but oh the original is one people don't talk about yeah, the the uh, very original one is basically where it is. It's Australia if the Northern Hemisphere had nuclear war. And yeah. they know it happened. They know it's about to happen, or they know it's happening. And they realize we're about all that's left. Why do we give a shit anymore? Mm. And... So there's hardly anybody that wants to be a cop. Main force patrol is what Mad Max comes from. And they're like rough, rough neck cops because they're basically gang hunters trying to just run around and keep nomad gangs from terrorizing everybody doing whatever the fuck they can to do it. So it's really this weird, you know, they're not real like cops. <laughs> they're like, yeah. You know. And again, it, it kind of goes back to, in a way, it, it goes back to the, what I was saying earlier was like 
there's 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 law there's order there's something that exists because <clears throat> especially like if we if we take it from like a heathen view right you got the Aesir gods the Vanir gods and you've got the the Jotun right it's order versus chaos the way that Germanic people and the way that these you know uh societies knew things would work is that there had to be order there had to be structure there had to be things in place and it wasn't like you know you had this overarching government that said what to do and how to do it it's you had you know you had the that that structure and you had a fire yeah but there was also (laughs) there was also yeah exactly there were those basic things but within that society there was like well you know the the blacksmith isn't going to do what the farrier does because that's what the farrier does and the leather worker is not going to do what the you know, seamstress does because that's what the seamstress does. And the chieftain's not going to do what the war uh, chief does or, but you know what I'm saying? Like everybody had their role. Everybody knew right. their role and there was a respect and a structure to those, those respective roles in that society. And that's where I think the, the level of order should exist within a tribe and, and, and within that and I know, societal structure as it were. It's, and that's where a lot of people confuse anarchism with chaos because anarchism truly just means the anti-archon you don't mm-hmm. want, you know there's not not it doesn't mean not having a leader it means i'm not going to have somebody else tell me who my leader is for some shit that i didn't make a decision that i'm going to go do in the first place you know yeah. if i am not as good of a hunter as dingo when but i'm the head of figuring out what's on the if i was you know the head of figuring some shit out i'd be like well <laughs> i'll do this because i'm good at it yeah I'm and good that's at what this. the tribe has been good me at, as being. <laughs> i'm good at delegating a responsibility because i know who's good at doing what and i know right. he's better at doing that so i'm gonna ask him about that you know and it's but a lot of that comes from the displacement of ego and how that's yes. taught in being raised yeah, and yep. that's where I like to go back to some myth type things like Arthurian, Arthurian legend and and stuff. The whole concept of this round table, right, right where there was no we were all equals, we were all peers. We, obviously, king the king is the king, right. but at the table, the king doesn't pull rank. Right, everybody gets to say their piece, and everybody has their say, and 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 ideas and stuff are are welcome. And that's I think is 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 the probably the most holistic example of how. A society can work with leaders without being that that again that displaced ego we right. talked about right and there's because there's there's a place for every man at the table i explained to alex about the inner concept of the round table of you know when you rule your home or your life you are at the head of your own round table and too many people want to elongate the table and not make it around, make it a big dinner table and try to place people in areas, you know, because of a rank. And that's re- reflective, you know, people pick up on that. Yeah. And I like to try to keep things on the level of the seating has to do with public or day to day. You know, like I work a lot with Alex with a rabbit hole. We he and I talk a lot about a lot of different things, concepts of the shows, you know. And he is very close to me 
at my table. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean he is closer to me spiritually or emotionally than say one of my brothers who is further across the table. Yeah. Because it's not that he's further away from me any way other than physically and in the world, how the world sees people see me next to the people that I'm around. You know, mm -hmm. you guys are closer to that side because I'm, I can be associated with you guys a little more commonly. You know, I talk to you guys a little more often, you know, things like that. So that's how I always viewed that is <clears throat> in placement and people never, it, it makes it a lot easier to understand the egoless concept where you're going, well, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a best friend. I don't like bests. I don't like favorite this and that, you know, hmm. and it's kind of crazy because that kind of concept, when you drive it hard enough into yourself, it, it bleeds over to everything. I mean, I truly don't feel like I have favorites when it comes to things. That's my favorite food, you know, favorite band. I mean, I know my favorite band is me. But, <laughs> but you know yeah i think the like uh, the, the whole like positioning around the table like we look at yeah some examples in uh um in specific branches of, of heathenry and and sometimes this, this this particular approach uh to heathenry gets a gets a lot of negative press um but thetish Heathens are, are typically uh, pretty militant in their ideas, and um, they're uh, they're pretty much also mostly Saxon heathens. But you got to think about like the, the 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 regional culture at the time. It was it was a very uh, warrior war based uh, culture, right? So you had your your kings, and you had the kings had their thanes, and they all had positions. Uh, for a specific reason, and, and it was, again, just like a cultural thing. I think nowadays for the modern heathen tribe, and then this is just my perception of it, like we don't live in, you know, there's no need for the war band culture to exist, practically speaking, like in, in the way, in the same way that it did in right. ancient times. The, the uh, you know, I don't want to say like not the, uh, not the literal king, but like the, uh, Hypo not hypothetical. What's the word? Like, so uh, is word I'm trying to think of. Not not the literal king, but like the the figure in that tribe, the the figure in that right. collective, has a position. But it's more it's ceremonial. I guess is probably the best <clears throat> term I'm used uh, thinking of it for because they have a position for that moment. But in the day to day stuff, like like you were saying, you know, just because this guy sits closer to me at that moment, or that doesn't mean anything beyond just the formalities of it or the right. The ceremony of it, as it were. You, you don't call an electrician to fix your toilet, right? Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, shoot. I mean, like Nathan said to me before, he's like, you know, it's like if I want to do some, uh, you know, bone splitting, earth crushing doom, you're the guy I'm gonna call. If I want to do some hip hop, I mean, you ain't the guy, man. <laughs> like, I yeah, mean, right? you're good at what you do, but that ain't. <laughs> <laughs> Dingo, Dingo's not rolling around in his bed crying because I didn't hit him up for the hip hop session. Right, yeah. But, <laughs> I thought you thought I could play. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. You know, that's a big thing too today. We'll, we'll be wrapping. But yeah, it up if you want me to destroy your bit. house foundation, I'm I'm down with that. If you want to demolition, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, I guess people like to find, have a place, maybe not everybody, but people like to have a place and like, if they can't, um, find a place to be in, they, they like to make their own place. And it's, uh, you know, but that's the other thing too, is, is when you talk about tribe and we talk about establishing boundaries and establishing a structure, like a society within society, you don't make, you don't call yourself anything that those titles, those, those roles and stuff, those are things that are put on you by the people with whom you share existence with, because they're the ones that look at you and go, well, that's the one who's worth having those responsibilities. Worth is placed on, on us by our people. Right. And that's where the whole like um, hierarchy comes into place. It's not that I'm the go the, or I'm the chieftain or I'm the King because I say so it's because the people have spoken and they determine that um you know he she i whatever are the best person persons to fit that role and then comes the responsibility and the obligation that you have to live up to that title or live up to that role right. and not just you know wear it like a you know with a false sense of um false sense of dignity or false sense of privilege right because that's a thing but yeah that's uh Right. I don't know. This tundra law thing has really, really got me thinking how it fits into the heathenry. It's it's the wild is 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 going to eat you up, man. They'll get you, and they don't care. Oh no. I mean, you know, they care. You better put your best hunter on the job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because ego don't make meat taste no better. Nope. (laughs) Right. Nope. Nope, the wolves don't care how uh, how how much gold you have or how handsome you are or you know how good you can sing and all this other kind of stuff, man. They're just like that's food. That's uh, a matter of fact. They probably prefer you be pretty lazy and slow and big, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, big old juicy, yeah, <laughs> <old> juicy one. <laughs> <laughs> that's pre-tenderized. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, we just scare him and just fall out. We didn't have to. <laughs> I mean, that's what we want. That's what we did on the farm, man. We didn't. We didn't. When, when we were bringing animals in to, to prepare for slaughter, man, we didn't want them running around the field or even walking. We brought them into a little, you know, barn with a you know a ten by ten, twelve by twelve box. And the biggest exercise they got was walking from one box ten feet across to the next box, just so we could muck them out. And then we moved them back in. And that was the most exercise that they got. And they gained like, you know, two, 300 pounds in, in, in four weeks. Because that's all they did. They just stood, slept, ate, and that's it. That's what you want. Yeah. Every good meal. You want the, the slow, the fat, the lazy. You don't you know? like the Kobe cattle and keep them drunk and, right. and massage them. Yeah, right. buddy. <laughs> Well, I think that's going to about wrap it up uh, for us today, guys. Um, awesome. We're about at time, but I just want to say right. thank you so much for um, joining me. Thanks, Dingo, first of all, for you know being a surprise guest. Thank you, me, for you know tuning in um, yeah. and then yeah. first of all supporting the podcast, but being a guest here. Maybe we do it again sometime. You know, um, would love to have you back on here. So oh. you know, for everybody listening and watching, please um, you know let us know what you think. This is going to be. You know, this is premiering live on YouTube. So let us know what you guys think in the comments and the live chat. And for all the, you know, podcast listeners, vote the podcast up. Check the show notes for all the other fun stuff that we post up there um, every Thursday morning. 
these things come out. So, you know, if you like it, let us know and we'll keep bringing it out here to you. So uh, thank you again, guys. And uh, we'll talk again soon. So thank you. You'll have a good one. Yeah. All right.